With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We had some Monday night football last night, so we'll quickly go over those takeaways, as well as give you the updates on the injuries that happened this weekend, as we now know a little bit more. So why don't we go ahead and sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. All right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. Welcome in on the YouTube chat. Welcome in on the Instagram chat. Screw you on TikTok. I, you guys were, you guys were, you guys keep complaining too much about this show. So I'm, I'm not doing y'all today. I don't feel like getting complained at on TikTok, saying I'm taking too long to get to your questions. We got a show to do, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, Big Country. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Dakota. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, Jess. Let's break down the news but before we get into that we'll start with last night's monday night football game we had the seahawks eagles eagles traveling to seattle to take them on keep their nfc east uh winning hopes alive but they lose those hopes as the seahawks beat the eagles in seattle on really a last second jackson smith and jigba touchdown from drew lock it was a whole thing that uh was going on yesterday came out in the morning that geno smith is unlikely to play and then like an hour before kickoff it comes out that geno smith is active and going to play and then like 15 minutes before kickoff they're like all right you know what we're actually rolling with with a drew lock no geno smith today and well it turned out okay as he does end up with the win but i do want to talk about the eagles a little bit here as i feel like they're just not right and they've now lost three in a straight so it's not a hot take to say that uh, but it, it just it just doesn't look right. And I'm not sure what it is, if it's the play calling, if it's health or what it is. But just something is not clicking on the Eagles and they do not look as dominant as they once did. And it's really on both sides of the ball. The defense is giving up huge plays. They're not really getting the sacks that they got last year. And then on offense, they're not really passing the ball well at all. You look at the stats and Jalen Hurts last night. Only at 143 pass yards, no passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. And none of the receivers had more than 60 yards. A.J. Brown led the day with 56 receiving yards off of only five receptions. I mean, it's just not good there. The only reason the Eagles even scored was their classic tush-push brotherly shove, which, I mean, is a great play. And I've got to say, I love what they're doing with the tush-push. We saw yet again the fake tush-push brotherly shove to hand off to DeAndre Swift running out wide instead. And it worked, right? So I do love the play, and I love that they're working out some different looks within the tush-push. And I'd be curious to see what would happen if they just ran the brotherly shove all game and sometimes handed it off to Swift. I feel like that would honestly be an okay game plan. Maybe they're saving that for the playoffs. But what's encouraging 
overall about the Eagles. Yes, the pass game is abysmal right now, but the running game is still there. Jalen Hurts had a really good game on the ground, and DeAndre Swift finally got more involved. He had 18 carries in this one for 74 rush yards while also adding two receptions, which was pretty cool to see. Got you there in terms of some points. Want to see some touchdowns, but still seeing 18 carries from DeAndre Swift. Extremely encouraging. I expect that usage to continue and certainly hope that it does as he looked pretty good and it does help the offense become a little bit more balanced with that with those looks. So so look for that to continue, in my opinion. And I expect the Eagles to bounce back as well. They still got a few more weeks to get right before the playoffs. But as of right now, they're off. And I'm not quite sure what it is because it's all facets of the game right now that just seem a little off, just a little off. On the Seahawks side of the ball, lots of questions coming into this game about the health of Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. What we've learned is that Kenneth Walker is completely healthy, and Zach Charbonnet might as well, but it's Kenneth Walker's backfield, and they're right back to it. We saw a pretty even split last week. We saw Charbonnet having some good weeks without Kenneth Walker, but this week, Kenneth Walker had 19 carries and three receptions, and Zach Charbonnet only had four carries, just showing how much they value Kenneth Walker in this offense when healthy. And he looked really good, too. 86 rush yards and a touchdown and 26 receiving yards off of his three receptions. Just some quick claps for Kenneth Walker as, you know, that guy's just a beast. What a good football player. He's back right at the perfect time for your fantasy football playoffs. Lock him into your lineup going forward. I know a lot of people benched him this week because we weren't quite sure how healthy he is, but he's good to go. Kenneth Walker's back. K-9 himself is here to dominate for the fantasy football playoffs, and I couldn't be happier. I love how he plays. That rushing touchdown was great. He's just so explosive and powerful. Uh, great running back. Love myself some Kenneth Walker. And the final takeaway here, I know we already talked about the Jackson Smith and Jigba game winner, but that was just amazing. Great catch, great throw. The breakout is happening with JSN. Yes, we're most likely looking forward to 2024 for him, but I still do expect some decent weeks going rest of season. Tyler Lockett led the day in targets. That's something that JSN had been doing for the last few weeks, but still to see that touchdown, especially with backup quarterback Drew Locke, it's just, again, encouraging. So JSN trending in the right direction, going to break out for sure in 2024, and it's going to be incredible. Go get Jackson Smith and Jigbo while you still can. I don't care what the price tag is. Go get that, man. So those are all my thoughts for Monday Night Football. Let's see uh, any of you guys uh, talking about this. Yes, yeah, Seahawks keeping everyone alive. This is true. This NFC playoff picture is certainly interesting. We'll take a look at that after we go through the news because I'm just, I'm certainly curious. Um, so yeah, let's go Seahawks. You know, I hate these games because as I've talked about a couple weeks ago, I finally switched over from just, you know, caring about the Falcons and Patriots and Chargers and a few other teams to being a bird gang guy. I like all the bird teams. So it, it was it sucks to see a bird team take out a fellow bird team, but it is what it is. Let's go Seahawks uh, next or not next, but not next game, but just general next. It's time for news. And we'll start things off before we get into the injury updates with the most disappointing news story that can possibly come out. And that is Taylor Heineke is back to being the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. They are looking to bench Desmond Ritter this week and roll with Taylor Heineke himself. Some people excited about it. You guys have listened to me enough this season to where, you know, I'm a little pissed off about it. I just don't understand why Arthur Smith is this bad and this unconvicted. He is so 
wise and has all these smart Alec responses to everything and thinks he's so much smarter than everyone. And yet he has no conviction. I just don't get it. He knows that Desmond Ritter runs his offense better than Taylor Heineke. We've seen it this year. Taylor Heineke is 0-2 as the starter, 0-2 and a half if you want to count the game that he took over. And in his three three actions, he had 498 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, and only 68 rush yards. So it's not the worst, right? In his best game, 268 yards, one touchdown, one interception. It's not the worst. But that isn't even what Desmond Ritter was giving us. Desmond Ritter was giving us about 300 yards, a touchdown in the air, an interception or two, and a rushing touchdown as well. I mean, the guy is uh, dynamic. Desmond Ritter's dynamic. And he helps run this offense a lot better than Taylor Heineke does. This really does bring down the floor for a lot of the players on this offense. We saw Bijan Robinson doing worse with Taylor Heineke. We saw Kyle Pitts doing worse with Taylor Heineke. We saw Drake London doing worse than Taylor Heineke. This is a downgrade in this offense i know desmond ritter turns the ball over but i do not care he scores us fantasy points and scores points in general the falcons were so much so boring they were just so boring to watch when taylor heineke was the quarterback and now he's back arthur smith's an idiot he has no conviction i don't understand why he's doing this and i really don't care if the falcons go on a tear and do win the division with this move it's just stupid it's silly and i would not be surprised if they lose the rest of them as they really should as they really should let taylor heineke command you into a better draft pick atlanta because you need some more help and hopefully if he does lose these games they can move on from arthur smith I know all the reports are out there saying they're going to roll with him in 2024, but I mean, come on. I don't understand. It's not like Desmond Ritter lost the Falcons the game this weekend. Yes, he turned the ball over late, but the main issue here was that the game plan had nothing to do with the playmakers. Bijan Robinson had his lowest snap share of the entire year outside of his migraine game. He had barely a 50% share. You know, Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier saw more than double the amount of looks he did when you combine it. I mean, it's just terrible. Kyle Pitts only had a couple targets. Drake London only had a couple targets. Why are you giving the fault to Desmond Ritter when you didn't even have a good game plan? You got cocky thinking that you could go easy on the Carolina Panthers and just use Jonu Smith and Cordero Patterson and whatever else player that showed up that day that you wanted to give the ball to instead of just putting the ball in your playmaker's hands. It's so, 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 so simple. And he just won't do it. And he's giving the ball to Taylor Heinke now. And it's so stupid that I hate it. 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 Let's move on. Injury news. We have a ton of them. And some of it's pretty devastating. We'll start with the most devastating injury update, and that is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase separated his shoulder, separated his shoulder, uh, and is looking to miss some time. Uh, it is expected that he'll at least miss this week and could potentially miss a couple more weeks uh, to get right, right? I think a lot of this depends on the Bengals' playoff picture. If they win this week with without Jamar Chase, they'll probably sit him another week as they already are planted into the playoffs right now. And if they keep winning, they'll make it. Uh, but, you know, if they, if they pick up a loss, I think they'll rush him back to see what they could do with him, uh, try to get him right for the playoffs. But that's ultimately what I think is hanging this injury in the balance is how the Bengals can look into the playoffs. So look for him to rest this week and then – based on how they do, uh, if they'll roll out Jamar Chase or not the following week. But either way, looking like the shoulder injury will make him miss the semifinals. Very important week. Suck to see 
Uh, but it is what it is. Hopefully he can recover for fantasy football championships. Another injury update, really out of nowhere. This was kind of quiet. Sky Moore has landed on season-ending IR, question mark. What the report here is that his knee had some swelling. Uh, so, so we'll call it that. We'll call it knee swelling, uh, which to me is never something that should land you on the IR. Uh, but I guess they want to be cautious with Sky Moore. Or the way I'm reading into it is they are just done with Sky Moore. The experiment is over and they just don't think he's good and that he needs to be on the field. And so they're just going to get rid of him and put him on IR. So what this means to me is that they're going to continue running the offense as they have, running it through Rasheed Rice, the running backs, and Travis Kelsey. And then they're going to mix in some Kadarius Tony, some Marcus Valdez-Scantling, some Justin Watson, and perhaps, perhaps, mayhaps, if you will, some Richie James. So I will suggest a speculative Richie James ad this week. Not sure about starting unless it's really deep leagues, but it's possible right? That he gets some opportunity and it's possible he looks good with it. I mean, he looked pretty damn good last year on the Giants, was pretty clutch, had some decent games, especially in PPR formats. So if he's relied upon, which I kind of expect him to, I mean, it's not like uh, they want to give the ball to Kadarius Tony anymore. And it's not like Marcus Fadis-Scantling or Justin Watson can do the slot role quite like Richie James can. So that's someone I'm definitely suggesting to pick up and potentially start if you're in a pinch. But I would say hold on your bench and wait to see what happens for Fantasy Football Championship Week. Either way, Sky Moore kicked out of the Chiefs on IR for knee swelling, which is honestly not great news for Sky Moore Dynasty managers. As Again, that doesn't to me seem like an IR worthy uh, injury, but... I guess I'm just doing a show in the morning for player profiler and not working on a, on an NFL team's medical staff. So, so what do I know? What do I know? Next, we have Keaton Mitchell. Uh, as we all know, we were expecting, you know, a season ending injury here, a pretty bad injury, but it's true. Season ending ACL tear. He will look to recover and be good to go in 2024, along with other backfield mate, uh, JK Dobbins. So what this means is of course, Gus Edwards is going to be relied upon. Lamar Jackson's probably going to get a couple more carries and Justice Hill will be mixed back in just a little bit. But I think the biggest uptick in value is going to be Gus Edwards. And again, comes at a great time. If you're looking for a running back to throw you over the top of your playoffs and your trade deadline hasn't passed, I would certainly be sending out some third round picks for Gus Edwards. I mean, he's going to get you 15 points, whether it be off a touchdown or just pure volume, but he's going to be relied upon. The Ravens love themselves some Gus the Bus Edwards, so look for him to come in clutch for the rest of the year. Next, let's go ahead and move on to Will Levis. Will Levis right now is dealing with an ankle sprain. It's not quite reported what the ankle sprain is. I've seen some conflicting reports. I'm not sure if it's just fresh that, you know, I'm seeing some older reports or what it is, but I've seen some reports saying it's a high ankle sprain. And then Mike Rabel compared it to Ryan Tannehill's ankle sprains last year. I believe he was battling both of his ankles being sprained. That's not what you want to hear. I'm curious what the actual injury here is. So I'm just going to leave a Keep your eye on it right now. We'll report some more as we learn some more. What I would expect is that he misses this week. And the variable comparing this to Tannehill's injury last year is concerning to me because that injury did end up shutting Tannehill down for the rest of the season. Uh, and they were rolling with Malik Willis and Josh Dodds and all that fun stuff. So look for Will Levis probably to at least miss this week. 
but keep your eye on it, especially with these ankle sprains. We've now seen some precedent that quarterbacks can come back and play through it. Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes. So again, we're going to keep our eye on it. We're going to check the practice status. Just keep tuning into your wake and take 10 a.m. Eastern on the player profile, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Now, the next injury update we have is Zach Moss. Zach Moss injured his shoulder and missed the rest of the game on Sunday, leading the way for Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson to look pretty good, to look pretty good. Uh, but he is expected to play through this shoulder injury this week. Uh, it's not that serious of an injury. X-rays were negative, so he's going to be good to go. The one thing I want to note about this is that Jonathan Taylor could be returning this week. So don't rely too much on Zach Moss as of now. Of course, you can maybe rely on him when it comes back. But even then, he hadn't looked that good since Jonathan Taylor got re-injured. So not too excited about Moss, especially less than 100% Moss. And what I'm most concerned or worried about or keeping my eye on, however you want to phrase it, is that Jonathan Taylor practice status, what's going to happen? As we've talked about a ton on Wake and Take, my one rule really when it comes to injuries is, did a player land on IR? No. Okay, they'll be back in four weeks at most. And so Jonathan Taylor, he's missed his three weeks. I feel like if he were to miss a fourth week, they should have just put him on short-term IR. And since they didn't do that, I would assume that Jonathan Taylor will be playing this week. Shane Steichen did come out and say that Jonathan Taylor is feeling good. So just again, we'll keep our eyes on the practice status and update you guys every single morning here on Wake and Take. So keep tuning in as I let you guys know. But look for Zach Moss to play and again, an off chance that Jonathan Taylor returns as well. And lastly, in terms of injury updates, we have Zay Jones. Zay Jones is week to week now with a hamstring injury. This guy just can't stay healthy, uh, which sucks because the Jaguars are already decimated in their wide receiver room, losing Christian Kirk for the season. I'm going to go ahead and say Zay Jones is out for the season, given that, you know, the playoffs are right around the corner. They probably want to make sure he's healthy for that and hamstring injuries linger. So at the very least, it's for the rest of our fantasy football season. I'm going to say week to week to me means at least two weeks, especially with a hamstring injury. So look for it to be Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, and Travis Etienne catching some passes. And also Jamal Agnew and Parker Washington should be mixed in as well. Jamal Agnew, I'm a little bit more positive about than yesterday's show. I know I said I'm not really too crazy about him, not worried about picking him up just because he's a bit more of a gadget player. But with Zay Jones being out, they're going to have to rely on some gadget players and explosiveness. And Jamal Agnew does give that. So I would say speculative ad on Jamal Agnew. And also if Parker Washington is still out there, you can get him as well. We've seen two touchdowns from him now. We've seen some decent usage. And he seems to be reliable enough to where if you're in a pinch, he might be usable as well. Uh, keep your eye on that. Also, we'll check practices, see if we hear any rumblings about who the wide receiver three might be. I'm going to assume it's going to be Washington, but I think also Agnew will be mixed in a little bit with some touchdown upside. So that is all the news I have for you. I hope you appreciated my thoughts on Taylor Heineke. Um, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. But let's go ahead and check into our comments real quick, and then I'm going to look at our playoff picture right now, see what's going on. Let's see. We do need a Rams-Lions playoff game. That would be fun. But yes, Arthur Smith is a clown. He's horrible. And then Anthony says, please keep Arthur Smith. Signed all Saints, Panthers, and Buccaneers fans. This is true. Uh, <laughs> man, it sucks. It sucks. I will say, you know, maybe, maybe 
you'll be okay next year with a quarterback when Dustin Fields comes in. But I, I'm going to go ahead and press the doubt button as this guy just doesn't know how to game plan. It's really, really weird. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Let's go ahead and check into the playoff picture. I'm curious how things have shaped up. I'm curious how things will change. I'm sure you guys are too. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen right here. NFL playoff picture. So here we are. Let me take away that overlay for you guys. You can see a bit more of it. All right. So right now we have the Ravens as the only AFC team with a clinched playoff spot. It is looking like they'll probably lock down that number one seed. Not just the fact that they look like the best AFC team, but the Dolphins aren't looking right. And the Chiefs are already a couple games behind the Ravens. I think we know our number one AFC seed and it's the Ravens. On the NFC side, we've had the 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles all clinch their playoff spot. We still have to see how the Cowboys-Eagles ends up in the NFC East. Right now, of course, the Cowboys are leading it, uh, and they probably end up taking it. I know they just lost their game, but so did the Eagles, and still in my head, the Eagles just don't look right. Uh, and the Cowboys have a little bit easier schedule to close out the season. So we'll keep that, keep our eye on that as the season closes out. But it's looking like the Eagles will be the team in the wild card round. And then, of course, 49ers, number one seed. I think they'll lock it down. Looking like, honestly, a 49ers-Ravens Super Bowl. That would be pretty fun. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That, that's what it's kind of shaping up to be in my head. But we still have these teams down here fighting for their spots. And on the NFC side, we've got the Lions, the Buccaneers, Vikings, and Rams with the Seahawks, Saints, Falcons, Packers, all kind of looking on the outside in. Um, oof, I don't think we're going to see. We might. I, it is very possible we see two NFC South teams, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say if anything, the Seahawks maybe squeak in if the Vikings fall out. But I think for sure we're going to see the Lions. I'm at this point expecting the Buccaneers to win the NFC South. They just look really good right now. The Falcons don't, and I don't believe in the Saints at all. The Rams are heating up at the right time. The Vikings are cooling down. So I think if any of these NFC teams fall out, it's going to be the Vikings. But the Rams could always go on a skid too. But I think I'm going to say the Vikings fall out and the Seahawks replace them. Yeah, I'm going to go Seahawks replace the Vikings by the time the season ends. And we're looking at 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, Lions, Bucks, Seahawks, Rams, which I think is a pretty good NFC playoff picture. Not upset about it at all. We would then have, what, the uh, Cowboys taking on the Rams, the Seahawks taking on the Lions. That's a fun one. We'd have a little rematch from that game. And then we would have, uh, what? Falcons or, or Buccaneers Eagles, which would be hilarious that the Eagles have to play in a wild card round. But all of those good games, love the NFC playoff picture right now. That, that's a fun one. On the AFC side, also shaping up to be pretty good. And we have the AFC South heating up for sure. But right now that the number two seed is the Dolphins who are, you know, they just came off a 30 to zero win against the Jets. I think they probably hold on to that number two seed. Um, especially since they, I mean, they dominated without Tyreek Hill. So I think they could, you know, let him heal up a bit and stay in that number two seed. If anything, they might lose one and the Chiefs take the number two seed. But either way, these are going to be our top two, top three teams, Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs. I like it. Uh, and then in the wild card kind of area, we have the Jaguars probably winning the AFC South, but the Colts and Texans are tied with them right now. So we still have a few games and I kind of hope, I, ooh, this is a tough one. I think the Browns are going to be in. 
I think the Browns are going to be in. The Bengals, this is a big question mark without Jamar Chase, but I mean, it's looking like they'll squeak in. I kind of hope they don't. At this point, I would I, I would like them to just look to 2024 without Joe Burrow, but they're I mean they're playing good football, so they might squeak in. But I, I, you know, if you're asking me what I want, I would like the Bengals to fall out and probably throw the Bills in there. I would like to see the Bills back in there. I I want to see the Texans in there, but without Tank Dell, you know, I, I'm just I, I would like the Texans to also wait till 2024, get themselves a little bit better of a draft pick. Because I'm going to go ahead and say it here. The Colts making the playoffs, that would be amazing. I'm just a really big Gardner Minshew fan. And I just think that that's a beautiful story for him to come in, take over for Anthony Richardson, and then lead the Colts to the playoffs and potentially an AFC South uh, winning, you know, division winning season. I would love that. I, I think that that's a great story. And so I hope the Colts stay in the playoff picture. But I'm not going to be upset, right, if the final two teams instead of Bengals-Colts is Texans-Bills. I think these are two really, really good teams. I do hope the Steelers fall out of it. Uh, just at this point, they're not playing really good football at all. Same with the Broncos. Uh, so I, I, I think, if anything, it's going to be Texans and Bills maybe taking over for the Bengals and Colts. But I, I'm not going to be upset if it stays really either way. Again, if anything, I want the Bengals to fall out, but I'm really not sure if they will. This week's going to be a really big test. If they can win without Jamar Chase, I think they're in, right? Uh, and then we just have to see what happens with the AFC South. I'm going to go ahead and put my record on that the Jaguars win it and the Colts stay in the wild card. Um, and the Texans, you know, I'm going to say the Texans end up taking over for the Bengals and the Bills are looking out. Uh, unfortunately, but I would like to see the Bills in there. I just think we might not see them in the playoffs. You know, they don't have the head-to-head, -head, uh, and they've kind of fallen off. Well, they're they're heating up right now, uh, so so I would like to see them in. But it, you know, they've got some tough – they've got to see some teams lose to make it. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's the current AFC playoff picture. You guys go ahead, leave some comments on who you think is going to win the Super Bowl, who you think is going to win the whole Super Bowl. Right now my money's on the Niners, but, I mean, hey, it could be anyone. Let's go ahead and check into the chat uh, what kind of questions we've got going on. Let's see. Vikings aren't making the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, 49ers Ravens is who the scriptwriters put in the Super Bowl. This is an interesting point. I don't know if you guys remember, but I had that random conspiracy theory thing I talked about a few weeks back where somebody had pointed out that the logos for the last few Super Bowls features the colors of the two Super Bowl teams. And this year, the Super Bowl logo is purple and red, which would suggest 49ers Ravens. And if that's the case, we've got some interesting things going on in the logo design and script writing room. That's definitely going to make me scratch my head a bit more than I'd like to. Uh, but yeah, so if we follow that conspiracy theory kind of thing, that is definitely the Super Bowl um, that is, you know, coming our way. Dakota would like to see the Packers make it in. That could be fun. I mean, they're playing good football, and that'd be a really good story as well uh, with Jordan Love in his first season starting, making the playoffs. Uh, Minshew is the man we all wanted Baker to be. I mean, hey. I mean, hey. Baker, I, I'm not the biggest Baker fan in the world, but I'll defend him here. Baker's had a really good season. Completely surprising. And I like both of these quarterbacks. They're really just the same guy in slightly different fonts. Um, yeah. Scriptwriters have been listening to me talk Stafford Goff all year. That would be so much fun in the playoffs, man. Lions, Rams, that would be great. That would be so great. Uh, but yeah, that's the playoff picture right now. It's some good stuff over here. 
Um, see one question over here on Instagram. Would you drop Garrett Wilson or jo Deontay Johnson for Joshua Palmer? If I had to drop one, I guess I would say Deontay Johnson just because I don't want to rely on the Steelers. Uh, but I just can't bring myself to drop Garrett Wilson. Even if the Jets suck right now, it's Garrett Wilson. Uh, but yeah, you know, Deontay Johnson is playing really well too. I don't know if you can count on Joshua Palmer to have as good of a game that he had. And even then, that one touchdown he had was literally a fluke play. Like the defense kind of just gave up. There was some miscommunication with the safety and cornerback. So without that, he would have had a pretty pedestrian game. And I also do expect Keenan Allen to return this week. I think he will, uh, just because he was practicing a little bit last week before missing the game. Uh, and the injury kind of popped up out of nowhere to begin with. So I don't know. I'm not too worried about picking up Joshua Palmer uh, just to start him. And then would you stream the Bears or the Broncos this week? Uh, Bears, really, they're playing really good defense. And I want to say off the top of my head, they have a solid matchup. They have a solid matchup. Am I crazy to consider starting Flacco over Goff? I honestly don't have the matchups over my head right now. Uh, it's only Tuesday, working on all the other stuff. But I will say... Yes, I don't know. I mean, Flacco's not playing bad, so I guess I couldn't go so far as to say you're crazy. But, I mean, Jared Goff just had a five-touchdown game, and I don't really think you should bench a guy after that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you've just got to start Goff. That's just how it goes. Um, so that seems to be all the questions. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, yet again, just another fun little wake-and-take episode. I hope to see you all tomorrow on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And while you're here, please like and subscribe to Player Profiler. Like this video and subscribe to our channel. We would appreciate that a ton. And again, hope to see you all tomorrow. Have a terrific Tuesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.